This episode is dedicated to ZZ Top co-founder and bassist Dusty Hill, who tragically passed away on July 28th, 2021, at the age of 72. Dusty will forever be known as being part of one of the greatest rhythm sections in rock and roll history, as well as being part in one of the greatest bands in rock and roll history, as well as being in one of the most booging albums in rock and roll history. And tonight we'll be looking at that album. Without further ado, the intro. You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music, and sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music. Today we're going to be talking about ZZ Top, Tres Hombres. With me I have Riley. Hi. Romy. Hi. And Wyatt. Hello. Tres Hombres is the third studio album by the American rock band ZZ Top. It was released in July 26, 1973 under London Records. It was produced by Bill Ham, and the genres are blues rock, hard rock, boogie rock, and Texas blues. And I'm going to read the all-music review from Stephen Thomas Erlewine. Trace Ombres is the record that brought ZZ Top their first top 10 record, making them stars in the process. It couldn't have happened to a better record. ZZ Top finally got their low-down, cheerfully sleazy, blues and boogie right on this, their third album. As their sound gelled, producer Bill Ham discovered how to record the trio so simply that they sound indestructible, and the group brought the best set of songs they'd ever have to the table. On the surface, there's nothing really special about the record, since it's just a driving blues rock album from a Texas bar band, but that's what's so special about it. It has a filthy groove and an infectious feel, thanks to Billy Gibbons' growling guitars and the steady propulsion of Dusty Hill and Frank Beard's rhythm section. They got the blend of their bluesy shuffles, gut bucket rocking, and offbeat humor just right. ZZ Top's very identity comes from this earthly sound, and songs as utterly infectious as Waiting for the Bus, Jesus Just Left Chicago, Move Me On Down the Line, and the John Lee Hooker Boogie, LaGrange. In a sense, they kept trying to remake this record from this point on. What is Eliminator if not Trace Hombres without sequencers and synthesizers? But they never got it better than they did here. Alright, what do we think of Trace Hombres by ZZ Top? Uh, pretty good. That's all we got? Pretty good? Yeah. <laughs> I very much enjoyed it. Oh yeah, this is some spicy party rock. <laughs> party rock is in the house. <laughs> Every party. day of circus afro. This is the party rock that party rock wishes it was. <laughs> I mean, 8 out of 10 tracks. I'm just boogieing. And this is Texas boogie. The, uh, it says it right on the genres. I am boogieing. Groovy. Boogie. Heat groovy. And so ZZ Top has consisted of just three members for nearly its entire run. 
the Billy Gibbons, who I believe is a really much talked about guitar and yet at the same time a very underrated guitarist. And he also does lead vocals. And, and then you got uh, Dusty Hill, who has sadly passed away just a couple weeks from this recording. And may he rest in peace. This episode is dedicated to him. He's, he's on bass and he also does occasional lead vocals. And then you got Frank Beard on the drums. And contrary to his name, he is the only member who in ZZ Top's prime time did not have that full long beard. <laughs> it's like, it's like po- it's very poetic. <laughs> How could you do this to us, Frank Beard? We had a good thing going and then you just not grow out your beard. Yeah. You just have a, you have a mustache. But yeah, this is this is an album you can play at a grill night. This is the album you can play at a at a high school party. This is even the album you can play at a bowling alley. It's just so even infectious. the old bowling alley. Every situation is a trace ombre situation. <laughs> yeah. Neil Armstrong lands on the moon. It's a trace ombre situation. <laughs> He just pops it in, into the record player, even though it wouldn't exist for another 40 years, and they start boogieing because they finally brought Texas to the moon. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if, like, like I'm imagining, like, the Great Gatsby, but they're just playing Trace Ombres. <laughs> I'm I'm Jay Gatsby, and then Lagrange starts playing. <laughs> That would just be so sick. Bass had a, had a really missed opportunity. I'm gonna edit that. I love that. Yeah. I'm gonna make that and post it on YouTube. Uh, yes. No. Oh, man. Your entire YouTube channel will consist of nothing but edits based on in-jokes in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting a podcast joke in my next YouTube poop. Nice. So, I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. It's gonna be a cyber chase one, and I'm very excited about that one. I can only imagine um, what this you... song is. It has to be the peak of humanity. <laughs> and I'm also gonna not spoil- I'm gonna give this a spoiler, but what I have planned is at the end, there's supposed to be, like, a fear rating that goes up to, like, 100%, but the guy who's, like, telling him, he gets the wrong envelope, so it's kind of like an Oscar Steve Harvey situation. That's how it's gonna end. Right. No, it, it was, no, that was a Miss America. Stuff. It was, like, was like, yeah, it was Miss Universe. Uh, he got the, <laughs> the wrong winner, yeah. Um, the so, Oscars was when uh, La La Land won, but Moonlight yeah. won instead. Darn you, Bonnie and Clyde, how dare you be old. <laughs> No, no, blame the guy who handed out the envelope. Yeah. Uh, he handed yeah. out the best actress one. Yeah, it was the best picture one. Huh. Remember when Emma Stone won best picture? <laughs> Moonlight was such a great actress. <laughs> there was a similar situation at cons this year. Um, okay. Spike Lee was instructed to present the first prize at the awards ceremony, but he, he was told he his friend. He said the Palm yeah. Yes, he said it too early. And, uh... Just an audible gas in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, the Palm Door movie was about a woman getting impregnated by a car. Okay, we're getting off track. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> anyway, it's about public money. <laughs> Speaking of automobiles, <laughs> the, first, uh, the first track off this album is called Waiting for the Bus. 
And I, 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 that the solo in "Waiting for the Bus," I can't tell if that was from a guitar or harmonica, but it sounded cool as all frick. Oh yes, yeah. yep. sick as frick, as Sting would say. <laughs> yeah, he did say that. I saw in a Magic Mike video that proves it's true. <laughs> yeah, he was also known for watching people while they slept. <laughs> what? He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> He knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're a weeaboo. That's a reference to like a Siva gonna rip, by the way. Okay. And uh, waiting for the bus, uh, it just perfectly transitions into Jesus just left Chicago. And uh, I, I don't really know what the song's about. I'm just taking it at face value, as Phil Collins would put it, and that Jesus is leaving Chicago. I was not aware of that. Does anyone does anyone have any theories as to why Jesus would leave his precious Chicago? Probably to listen to CZ Top. I mean they they're not in Chicago. They're in they're in Houston or Dallas or Hey Patrick, what am I now? Oh so stupid. I don't this part of okay. <laughs> no, I'm Texas. What's the difference? The difference. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember this episode of Veggie Tales. <laughs> Because yeah. Jesus leaving Chicago. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I just realized. Uh, Jesus left Chicago because he wanted to go to L.A. Uh, <laughs> so he could and... contract some of those L.A. blues. Oh my god. Yeah. And probably go to Disneyland. Yay! <laughs> so, uh, um, speaking of Texas, uh, what are the odds that Sandy Cheeks likes ZZ Top? Head <laughs> <laughs> cannon! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's got to like him better than Iggy Pop. <laughs> or oh, Phil oh, Collins. Oh my god. Horrible nightmare. Either ZZ Pop or Iggy Top. <laughs> oh no. Either way, LA Blues is going to be the last track. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm just, I'm going to have nightmares about that. Yeah. And uh, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers follows those two songs up and it's a, such a boogieing jam. I, I like that song. I don't love it, but I like it. And I like a lot of this album as much as I like barbecues. I mean, I'm not here to socialize. I'm here to eat good food. And pick up watermelon with Vaseline on it. <laughs> yes. You're gonna kick ass and chew bubblegum. <laughs> I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. Also, uh, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers is... It's uh, Dusty Hill's uh, only lead vocal contribution on the album, and... Must I say, I can easily tell him apart from Billy Gibbons, who I really love him as a guitarist, and he's not that bad of a vocalist, not at all, but he, he sounds like he's hurting or something. No no offense to the guy, I still love his voice, it, it, it really compliments the music, but still love you, Billy. This, this song in particular made me realize how much I love every single title of every track on this, oh, yeah. this album. Yeah. It's all so good. Yeah, this is, these, are the, these are the song titles you wish you were friends with. <laughs> yeah.
Master of Sparks was also a, a great song, and uh, it's, it's a very interesting story behind it. It's apparently, uh, it's a true story about uh, Billy who uh, and his redneck friends who welded together a spherical steel cage inside of which is a Volkswagen bug seat fitted within a seat belt. They placed the cage into the bed of their pickup truck, and at night, after reaching a speed of 60 miles an hour on Highway 6 in Houston, they propelled the cage from the back with uh, Billy taking a ride inside. Uh, if he lived, the passenger is granted the title Master of Sparks. He survived. <laughs> That is awesome. I, I know. Yeah. I'm speechless. Those hard rockers. And, Those hard rockers. And to be honest, that is my probably my uh, second or third favorite song on the album. It's the uh, even with the story, even if you take out the story, the the beat behind it is so funky, and and the guitar tones are so menacing. Funky. Yeah. On a personal note, um. I've mentioned to you before that ZZ Top was going to play my area um, in May of 2020 before mm -hmm. COVID hit. And then they moved it to this year, and then they moved it to next year, and then Dusty died. Yeah, but the, but it, it was uh, Dusty's uh, last wish that they continue without him, so... Yeah. So, um... Fun fact, the story of Master of Sparks, it inspired John Cougar Mellencamp, yes, that John Cougar Mellencamp, not the other John Cougar Mellencamp, and to put it in his movie, Falling from Grace. It starred John Cougar and was directed by John Cougar. And I don't know what the budget for this movie was, but it, it had to be like over a couple million dollars. Its box oh, office yeah, was two hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars. Oh, that John Cougar Mellencamp! I thought you meant John Cougar Mellencamp, the Lithuanian soap opera star. Yeah, I know it's very easy to confuse the two. So, uh, <laughs> "Hot Blue and Righteous," gotta admit, is my least favorite song on the album. I mean, I, it's got a nice low beat, but I can't really boogie to it, and the vocals are hammy, even by ZZ Top standards. Is anyone gonna say honestly same? Yeah, honestly, I, same. I, I, I get. Yeah, the, honestly, same. What was I supposed to say? I, I didn't have like a low point on this album. I never found myself disliking any song, but this is just the slow point for me. It wasn't like you said, no, no solid boogieing. Yeah, yeah. just hot, jiving. Yeah, it ain't a low point, but a slow point. <laughs> Hot Blue and Righteous no. and either Have You Heard or Chic are the two low points for me. I have both. I think, okay. I think Have You Heard is the, the lesser point for me because at least I can still boogie to Chic even if its lyrics are bad. <laughs> oh, I haven't even looked at the lyrics for it. I knew it was going to be a ride when I first heard the line, I met a Chic from Mozambique. I mean, yes, it rhymes, but I... <laughs> where else are you going to go? Uh... Oh. Texas? The sheep come is the sheep uh, going to Texas? Texas? Or Chicago. <laughs> and then Jesus left Chicago. As he does. <laughs> I was brought back to the album with moving me on down the line. It took me a while to warm up to it, but it's it's like eight out of ten tracks on this album. It's just stone cold boogieing. Yep. For some reason, like uh that song reminded me of Ease On Down from the Road from the Wiz. I don't know why. It's a power pop tune, you know? Maybe when we get to the Wiz, we can finally compare the two. Maybe. Yeah, 
or or compare the Wiz to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah. Or you know, some reason I was thinking we could have Legally Blonde as a theater album, but that's so good. Mm-hmm. That's such a good musical. Anyway, um, when I listen to these Easy Top songs, I think of eating two of either meals: a nice little barbecue or tortilla soup. <clears throat> And because and that's because I, that's because ZZ Top is deeply rooted with Tex Mex culture. Why do you think solid? Why do you think the why do you think the title of this album is Trace Hombres and not Three Guys? Or or five guys. <laughs> oh no. Or two and a half men. We need oh. more guys. Anyway, uh I have with me a uh, original vinyl copy of Trace Hombres. I'm gonna show you here. Here it is. It's it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's not it's the good. best. Oh, it's not the best album cover, to be honest. It's it looks like an eighth grader could have photoshopped it. <laughs> but as a graphic design student. <laughs> <laughs> but wait until you see what's what? on the inside. Oh my! Whoa! God. Are you just hungry? Now I am hungry, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but at least it's not Maroon 5's overexposed album cover, which is feels like visual diarrhea. This, I mean, the the inner gatefold for Trace Hombres looks like visual diarrhea, and I am living for it. <laughs> yeah. I could do without the beer, maybe replace it with the cold Coca-Cola, but uh, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm coming, ZT yes. Top. <laughs> easy yeah, top I'm... where's your food <laughs> yeah, hungry for five guys <laughs> and uh precious and grace of the boogieing tracks on this album precious and grace was the one i could probably boogie the least with but i still thought it was pretty good mainly because i thought it was a a perfect uh showing of billy gibbons's uh guitar stylings especially near the end where he i to be honest i think it kind of sounds like david gilmore so that's that's pretty cool. Precious and Grace was where this album went from good to great for me. Everything after Precious and Grace was just my my top tier. I love that's oh Precious and Grace. Everything after Precious and Grace is my Precious and Grace. <laughs> Everything after Precious and Grace is Precious and Grace. <laughs> and that is when the album went from good to great. And uh, but you know who would disagree with you? Isaiah. Ah. Because uh-huh. he, he mentioned earlier this week that he just could not stand the song The Grange. Like, every time. Oh. He's just heard it so many times. And and I, uh, I, I, I respect his I opinion, hear, like... but I disagree with it because it, it slaps. It's, yeah. It goes hard. It's the, it's yeah. the band's it number sl- one hit for a reason. Does it slap harder than Sesame Street's ZZ Blues? There's no way they actually parodied Season Top. They did. I linked it to you earlier, and I will probably link it to you again. Oh, my lord. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) And there's a line about them writing a song about Zanzibar, and uh, Jerry Nelson is the the vocalist in the song, and later on he actually did write a song about Zanzibar. Good for him. Did he yeah. ever? Did he ever go to Zanzibar? He did. That's why he wrote a song about Zanzibar. Whoa! I got the old man's call. 
<laughs> it's great to see that not only are you guys show tune fanatics, you're also piano man fanatics, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking of having True Daydreams as one of my birthday albums, but I've been holding back on it because you probably don't share too much of my musical tastes, and it'll probably rank lower than Hotel California. So, um, Romy mentioned earlier that uh, ZZ Top's coming to her area, um, but I do happen to know someone who actually has had the uh, real fortune of seeing ZZ Top live. And guess what? They are in this uh, recording room. There! I saw them live! And, um, oh my god! Good for you! Yeah, it was cool. Um, we were. It was like at the State Fair, and it was our... Uh, it was like the California State Fair. It was like three years ago. And it was like, we had that night at, uh, yeah, I can't talk. But we had one of those nights where it was like, we went to the State Fair with like family friends. And um, apparently that night, ZZ Top was performing there. So it was really cool. So we bought tickets. I think we could go in for free. So it was like, you got to see ZZ Top for free. And they went to like 10 at night and it was really fun. So it started at like yeah. 7.30, I think. And it was, it was nice. super fun, and it was really fun just going on, like, amusement park rides to ZZ Top. It felt really epic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your second best concert experience only to K-Flay. Yup. I'd say Bishop Briggs or Pentatonics or Lady Gaga, but... Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that... I'm, I'm also hoping to see ZZ Top in the future, even if Dusty won't be there. Maybe I'll see it Dusty in... Dusty won't there when I saw them. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'll see it in my area, maybe in Romy's area, but I definitely want to see them live. It's it's like a rite of passage. You're not a real rock fan unless you've seen the top perform live. Or or Springsteen, I guess. Um, oh yeah, the both of those are classic American rock and roll acts. Maybe that's why Isaiah doesn't like them, because they're American rock and roll acts. He gave Born to Run a 5 out of 10 and he doesn't like the Grange. <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't show up today. <laughs> or maybe he knew that since Dusty recently died, he wanted to hold back on the hot takes and let us gush about this album. Yeah. And gush we did. This album rocks. <laughs> <laughs> You've been gushing uh, for hours. It grills. Uh, 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 I get it. <laughs> And uh, yes, we do have some more ZZ Top on the wheel. I, before Dusty died, I, I only had Trace Ombres, but in honor of him, I also added Fandango, which is like a, both a live album and a studio album. Deguello, it's it's not on Spotify, but it is a uh, it is very popular among the uh, ZZ Top fans. And their uh, pop breakthrough album, Eliminator, which features Sharp Dressed Man, Give Me All Your Lovin', and Legs, uh, to name a few. 
So, yeah, we can look forward to that. Indeed. So, do I really need to go around the room? Are we all just one out of ten? <laughs> yes, after all that, I hated it! <laughs> yeah, but seriously, it's an, it's an eight for me. Like, uh, eight out of ten tracks on this album, Boogie, and they and they make me boogie. And <laughs> uh, when I, I probably shouldn't say boogie too much because it sounds like I'm talking about my nose, but it's true. This uh, this album makes me, it makes me want to dance. It, it, these are classic Texas fairy tales and bar songs and just, it just makes me want to listen to some more boogie rock. <laughs> yep, solid eight out of ten for me. I really liked it. Oh yeah, I give it an eight as well. Some, maybe someday we'll get to be under the same roof as these, oh, as our boogie overlords. I'm gonna I'm push it just a little bit more. Go for that solid 8.25. Just Precious and Grace, Lagrange, oh, all of that. Just chef's kiss. Uh, I what would, would Isaiah I, say? <laughs> he I'm... would be disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But maybe it makes he, me happy. Maybe he likes, like... Maybe he likes more than half the songs on this album, and Lagrange just isn't one of them. Friday, it's over. Wait, where are you going, Alaska? It's faster if you drive. <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of when I was asking about Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't expect this album to be this high. I'm believe it or not. I thought it would be lower. So I'm. I'm glad uh, that we all we all liked it a lot because. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this for the millionth time today, but this is straight up boogie. <laughs> it could be worse. It, we could I, be in that alternate universe where we call it booger rock. Oh, no. <laughs> I in in the background of this episode, I've been going down a Frank Beard rabbit hole, and I've stumbled on a, upon a website called Porkopolis, which um <laughs> it it uh, archives depictions of pigs in media, and there what? was a there was a cartoon artist. Uh, from 1842 to 1905 named Frank Beard and he did a a painting of Circe and pigs and uh, it's 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 been an experience amazing yeah yeah I'll link it in chat chat so um and I'll also one more thing before I uh make my closing remarks uh zz top is well known for their 80s look in which two out of three of the members had giant beards and hats and always wore sunglasses and they had the great mtv videos where they see people having a bad day and they're like oh hey are you is your life so full of problems and trouble well we can't help you with that we're rock stars so have this hot rod and then they spin their guitars British. And then they spin their guitars and leave. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have you know, no that's, need to fear. that's not what ZZ Top looked like in the 70s. Yes, Dusty Hill had a beard, but it wasn't as long as the 80s. And Billy Gibbons didn't, didn't have any glasses. He had a hat, but he didn't have glasses. He didn't even have a beard. He looks like my counselor at uh, the the Boy Scout camp in uh, New Mexico. Which, by the way, on the very, very slim off chance you're watching this. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You mean listening to this? Oh, <laughs> I, I can't think. Also, yeah, if uh, also, only we had a visual component. Yeah. Oh, you want to know the, the greatest part? He's from Texas. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Full circle, baby! Texas! <laughs> yep. 
pioneers used to ride these babies for miles. Ride these babies for miles. Yep. <laughs> Before I say what our next album is, I would like to take us back to a dark time in this podcast. June. Or as it is mostly known in this in in this circle of friends, Cade Month. The podcast cinematic universe as the Rock of Ages cinematic universe. Yes. <laughs> Cade Month was a dark time in which I had no power over the episodes we chose. And Cade had all the power. And he chose, I have to admit, good albums for the podcast. Just a bit too early for, for, what, for what I wanted. And two of those albums, they were, both, they were both conceptual pieces. One was a rock opera and the other was a concept album. The rock opera being Pink Floyd's The Wall, and the concept album being The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And the rule on this podcast is that every time we look at a concept album or a rock opera, we have to look at a theater album for the next episode. But we didn't do that. After the Wall episode, we looked at Doug Walker's The Wall, which we totally did, and we're definitely not saving it for the future in another time for this podcast. I mean, why would you it's even a think Patreon that? Bonus. <laughs> it's a Patreon bonus. <laughs> and after the Sgt. Pepper's album, we looked at the soundtrack, which really isn't theater. So we have two theater albums that need to be avenged. For these two concept albums we looked at in June, we are now going to look at two theater albums to start off September. Ooh. Yay! And I'm just going to look for my list here. Uh, the uh, first theater album we will be looking at is Heather's The Musical. Oh! oh my god, Heather's! <laughs> Yay. All right, thank you. Thank you.